This is a crowd podcast. Happy birthday. Happy 20 years of Wikipedia. This year, Wikipedia is turning 20 years old. Happy birthday, Wikipedia. Hip hip hooray to Wikipedia and the Wikipedians. This is Wikipedia's 20th birthday party. It was at the beginning of 2021, 20 years old. That's young in the big picture. I mean, when I think about me at 20, I was uh, a chrysalis. But the thing is, Wikipedia is so huge. It's like I keep saying, I use Wikipedia every single day for my work, when I'm watching television, to check the names of the skyscrapers I can see out my window. I just can't imagine a world without it. But that was a thing once. There was a world without Wikipedia. I'm Katie Puckrick, and I want to know how the heck we got from there to here. How do you go from town to metropolis, right? Town Wikipedia 2001, metropolis Wikipedia 2021. So I'm going back to the beginning, to January 2001, when the cogs of Wikipedia slowly began to turn. Spitballing is a good description of what we were doing. And there's something else I want to know. Whose idea was it? Who can I point to and say, you, You're the reason this happened. Sounds simple, right? But it turns out it's not. Scratch the surface just a little bit, and you'll get different answers to that question. The trick is figuring out which one's nearest the truth. I resent the fact that he has lied. This is .com, the Wikipedia story. Episode 2, Hello World. I'm just, I'm trying to get my head around this. I'm typing in, uh, when was Wikipedia founded? Okay, we've got on the 15th of January, 2001, wikipedia.com was launched. And apparently in less than a month, it had a thousand articles, all written by volunteers. How do you even go about doing that? How do you launch a website and then say to people, hey, Come and write articles on this new website that you've never heard of for free. So let's go back. Back past the 15th of January 2001 into the year 2000. It's March. And another site's just been launched. It's called Newpedia. It's also an online encyclopedia founded by this guy, Jimmy Wales. You'll get to know Jimmy. He's the main wiki guy, the leader of the ship. Anyway... Newpedia is written by volunteers, too, but here's the rub. You had to be an expert with some fancy letters after your name. And then it took ages to get your stuff published because it had to go through, like, seven stages of checks. So it didn't really work out. I mean, it only had 21 articles after a year. Then someone in the crowd pipes up. Guys, there's this new software in the tech world. It's called Wiki. Why don't we use that? Wiki software is totally revolutionary. It means anyone can edit. No red tape, no checks, no PhD. 
you make the change right there in the browser and click publish. Suddenly, everyone from the bottom right up to the top has the same amount of power over what's seen as knowledge. Crazy idea, right? Maybe. But on the 15th of January, 2001, a new site is launched, an encyclopedia that uses wiki software. And the spark of this Wikipedia quickly turns into a flame. So when we made the shift from the Newpedia to the Wiki model, um, you know, we got more work done in, in two weeks than we had in, in nearly two years. I'm on the phone to Jimmy. Jimbo, some people call him. It wasn't easy. He's a busy guy. We sent him a mic, but it got lost somewhere along the way. So he's kind of crackly, but who cares? This is Jimmy Wales, the founder of Wikipedia. So there was activity. Uh, and, and part of it was because in the original Newpedia model, it was very intimidating. So to participate, uh, you, you had to submit your CV. There's a lot of rustling. Jimmy's super enthusiastic, and I think he keeps nudging his laptop or something. Uh, and you have to submit a proposal and explain why you were qualified to do it, and then they would take your first draft and send it to the most prestigious professors they could find for review and so forth. It was a very intimidating process, and a lot of people were interested and excited, but they found that process very daunting. And then suddenly it became possible to just type France is a country in Europe and hit save. And there's your article about France. And it's not very good. It's not, nothing much to it. Uh, but it's a start. And then other people could jump in and add a little bit more. The capital is Paris and more and more and more. And, and suddenly you start to have something uh, that's fun. It's fun to create together and it's fun to build something and you know where you're going with it. You know, in that early time, it became apparent quite soon that, hey, this is actually working in a way that the old model wasn't. The idea was to recognize that talent is very widely distributed in society, that there are loads and loads of people who actually know a huge amount about specific topics because it's their hobby or their interest. And that actually writing an encyclopedia is not the same thing as pushing forward the boundaries of research at the very edge. Okay, so this idea of talent being widely distributed, anyone can write an article, power shouldn't be in the hands of the educated, this is really interesting. I wonder what the first words on Wikipedia were and who wrote them. So I listened to Jimmy on NPR with Guy Raz. Here he is. Unfortunately, there was no history kept of the very early days. The earliest history was lost. So we don't really know. The, the earliest article that anyone has found uh, was an article on the letter Q. Hmm. And I'm sure that was not the first article in Wikipedia. I know the first words in Wikipedia. They were hello world, and I know because I typed them. And then very quickly, we just started doing lists of things, um, states and things like that. So people start adding their own edits, writing their own articles, and very quickly, the Wikipedia flame starts to spread. Suddenly, there's German Wikipedia, then a Catalan, a Japanese, French, Chinese, Dutch Wikipedia. After nine months, it's got 10,000 articles. Fast forward to 2006, and someone writes its one millionth article. Fast forward again, it's 2009, and Michael Jackson's death almost crashes the website. There are that many people clicking on his page. It's carnage. People just can't get enough. 
It's hard to imagine that it's been 10 years since I first edited Wikipedia. I remember that first day. So today is the 15th anniversary of the founding of Wikipedia. Happy birthday. Happy 20 years of Wikipedia. So by 2021, English Wikipedia is growing by almost 600 new articles every day. If you're still leafing through the books in that library, you'll be somewhere around the L's. But hold on, I've got a question. Wikipedia wasn't running ads. So what about the money side of things? Here's Jimmy again on NPR with Guy Raz. If you think about the DNA of any organization, it's very difficult to stop an organization from following the money. So Wikipedia is a nonprofit, and as a nonprofit, we could run ads. No legal prohibition on a nonprofit running ads as a, as a means of support. Sure. Yet, because the organization would tend to follow the money, then suddenly inside the organization, people would start caring a lot more about our traffic in highly developed advertising markets. Yeah. We would begin to care more about which pages you're reading, because if you're reading about Queen Victoria, there's probably very little to sell to you, and there's probably the ad rates are very poor. If you're reading about Tesla cars or vacations in Las Vegas or something like that, mm. I mean, we would have an incentive to start creating content that would drive higher ad revenues, which is really not what we want to do. We're an encyclopedia. We don't think about adding features that might drive page views for traffic. We just think about how do we make the encyclopedia better and how do we reach more people, particularly in the developing world. That's just, like, fundamental to what this is all about. So Jimmy turns to fundraising. I bet you've all seen that little message asking for donations. I have. Apparently, less than 2% of people actually give anything. But somehow, they manage to squeak by. The Wikimedia Foundation, the charitable organization which runs Wikipedia, made more than $127 million in revenue in 2019 to 2020. There's one other thing you should know about Jimmy. That money, that's not going anywhere near his pocket. Jeff Bezos, founder of Amazon, the richest person in the world, a net worth of $191 billion. Mark Zuckerberg, founder of Facebook, $130 billion. The founders of Google, Larry Page and Sergey Brin, about $120 billion each. But Jimmy, he's worth $1 million. Yeah, I know, it's still a lot, but in comparison, doesn't even come close. I asked Jimmy how he feels about the fact that out of the top 10 most visited websites, he's the only founder who's not a multi-billionaire or multi-gazillionaire. <laughs> yeah, I'm completely content. Uh, first of all, my life is super interesting. Um, I've had incredible opportunities to go all around the world and, and meet all kinds of people and do all kinds of amazing things. I, I feel like Wikipedia is something really important. And I think in 500 years, when people look back on this era, they're going to remember a lot of bad things that happened in this time, uh, a lot of bad organizations and bad institutions, but they're going to look at Wikipedia and say, wow, that, that's really still something very human and very amazing that a huge group of people got together to give a free gift to the world. 
you know, from that perspective, if you think about, you know, what, what makes life meaningful and interesting, that's so much more than, than just making money. I mean, you know, I live in London, the number of random, boring bankers who make more money than I ever will is enormous in a city like London. I wouldn't trade my life for, for any of their lives. Um, this, is, this is pretty cool and fantastic. How has this happened? How has something that was kind of doomed to fail, that's not making any profit, become so huge? Here's Jimmy again. I mean, I think that uh, Wikipedia has succeeded really because uh, of our community and because, you know, it's, it's sort of in this really interesting space where it's fun to participate in Wikipedia. People enjoy it. You get to meet other smart people and, and do things. And it's also productive. It, it feels like a good way to spend your time. At the end of the day, you know, you weren't just, you know, fighting with trolls online or whatever. You're actually building something useful uh, that everyone can enjoy. And yeah, I think it's, uh, it's, it's those two things. Is fighting with trolls online something that you have to do battle with? No. <laughs> no one should do that. It's a waste of your life. <laughs> uh, why do the editors generally all pull in the same direction? I mean, working together for the greater good is unfortunately not necessarily a hallmark of human behavior. The way to think about Wikipedia uh, and the self-policing aspect of Wikipedia is to think about uh, the way open societies work, the way democracies work. You know, we we have a set of procedures and rules, that's the law. Um, we have various mechanisms by which people are put into positions of authority, so elections ideally. Um, and, you know, so the entire planet is self-governed. Uh, I mean, it's, it's the nature of human beings. There is no um, authority above us all. Um, we're all here and, and we self-govern. And so it's, in that sense, not unusual. Do you have a favorite Wikipedia page? <laughs> I don't have any just one, um, but uh, I'll just tell you a fun story. Uh, I randomly came across a list of songs about Alabama, and I'm from Alabama. Um, and so there's, of course, you know, Sweet Home Alabama song, but there's quite a large number. But there, were, there was a whole section of songs about Huntsville, Alabama. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. That's my hometown. And I started looking at them. It was just like a great old-fashioned Wikipedia moment. And it's also like amazing. Like Wikipedia has an article called List of Songs About Alabama. I mean, that's just incredible to me, and I love it. Do you think there's a certain kind of uh, psychological profile of the person who enjoys doing what you just did? Yeah, I mean, I think there, there is something really interesting uh, about a personality type. I mean, we're, we're, we're very geeky, the Wikipedians. You know, you don't do Wikipedia to sort of make your name and sort of have a big public blog and get it really popular and things like that. You don't do it for likes and, and followers and counts and things like that. But you do have a group of people who you respect, who are other geeks like you, um, who love geeky things. Uh, and so, yes, I do think it, it's a, it, there is a certain personality type that's the Wikipedian. It's alarming sometimes how flimsy things are when they're built on ideals. I mean, just look at democracy in America. What happens after you're gone, Jimmy, when you go to the great talk page in the sky? What happens when you're no longer spearheading that ideal of not-for-profit information for all? <laughs> well, I mean, it's important to understand the role that I play, which is I'm, I'm not the CEO of the Wikimedia Foundation. Uh, I don't have any kind of overarching, uh, you know, sort of editor-in-chief position within the community. 
um, I'm influential uh, and I'm happy to be influential, but uh, you know, what we've built is really a culture and it's a culture around quality, it's a culture around neutrality. And I think cultures can be incredibly resilient over a very long period of time. I'm sold. Wikipedia is amazing and Jimmy's a legend. Except there's just one thing. Jimmy wasn't alone. His own Wikipedia page says he's a co-founder of Wikipedia. There was someone else working on this thing. Who's this guy, Larry Sanger? When I look for interviews about Wikipedia's early days and how it all began, I'm only getting videos of Jimmy. Larry's nowhere to be seen. There's a Twitter account for Larry Sanger, but it says, long gone from Wikipedia. So where's Larry gone? What's his beef? We'll be right back after this break. You've watched them in unforgettable adventures, love affairs, and tragedies. Now it's time to hear their own remarkable stories. From the makers of Death of a Rockstar and Death of a Sports Star, this is Death Ready. of a Film Star. And Starring Heath Ledger, Marilyn Monroe, Chadwick Boseman, Robin Williams, Carrie Fisher, and Bruce Lee. Search for Death of a Film Star in your podcast app. You've seen them tell stories. Now it's time to tell theirs. This is Dotcom. Welcome back. Okay, so I'm trying to figure out this Larry guy. Uh, from his photo, he just looks like he runs the, the high school computer lab. You know, kind of an egghead. Um, nice smile, button-down shirt. Just, you know, pretty conservative. Uh, and his website is all about really in-depth, kind of intense philosophy stuff. I'm on his Wikipedia page right now, and it says he's an internet project developer and philosopher. And then it says he'd worked with Jimmy on Newpedia. Underneath his photo, he's listed as a co-founder of Wikipedia. But listen to this. Sanger served as Wikipedia's community leader in its early stages, but he became increasingly disillusioned with the project and left it in 2002. Okay. Sanger's status as co-founder has been questioned by Jimmy Wales, but is generally accepted. Right. What's that about? My producer Anna sends him an email or two, but gets nothing. So she messages some other people in the wiki community, asking about Larry. A few days later, her inbox pings. Remember Dominic, the guy with the wiki wedding? Being with Lori was like kind of like being seen for the first time. Well, turns out he knows Larry. They went to college together. Just be careful of what you hear coming from Larry Sanger because he's not really representative of the Wikipedia community and actually has a lot of toxic things to say. Ugh. What? Everybody who doesn't follow his 
Twitter account or whatever um, the th- other things he says uh, isn't necessarily aware of the fact that in the last 20 years, or especially in the last few years, he's become, I don't even know how to describe it, but sort of like a Fox News kind of weird conspiracy theorist type person. Dominic tells me he had a quick look at Larry's Twitter before we started talking, and he found some pretty dicey stuff on there. Tweets kind of questioning the COVID vaccine and one tweet about burly trans women at the Olympics. That's a quote. That's not me saying that. Okay, so that's worrying, but I want to be fair here. I did notice Dominic says probably a few times during our little chat. Larry's probably anti-feminist. He's probably pro-men's rights. So I'm not out to slander anyone. But then other people in the community chime in along similar lines. Yeah, I mean, Larry is an interesting guy. Excruciatingly right-wing. I would love to debate with Larry Sanger. I'm not a fan of that. Something's going on here. Larry's not easy to get a hold of, but finally, a couple of weeks later, he replies. Hi, Anna. Sorry for the non-reply. I've been bad about staying on top of my email recently. How do you want to connect? All right. Uh, He's in Ohio when we speak. All right, let me, uh, do you, you hear this? So, Larry Sanger, what was your role at the very beginning of Wikipedia? Essentially, I got it started. That was my job. Um, When um, I was getting feedback on an idea for a website from a number of people I knew, well, one of them was Jimmy Wales, and he responded to that message saying, um, instead of working on that, why don't you come to work for Bombus? Bombas was an ad company owned by Jimmy. And um, I, I was uh, brought on board as sort of a editor-in-chief of Newpedia. But then while I was working on that, um, I had the idea for Wikipedia. And so my job was to basically get those projects started and, and to sort of lead them. And so you say that your idea was Wikipedia. Well, let's put it this way. Um, All that existed before I was hired was a domain name and a a very vague idea for a public contributed encyclopedia. That's it. The idea of using wiki software and organizing the community in the various ways that we needed to make wiki software work, that was the job that I was given to work on, basically. I think it was uh, maybe... A little over a week later that we made our first announcement of Wikipedia. I think it was on January 10th. And I I had had the idea on January 2nd. And what was your relationship, your working relationship with Jimmy like? Well, there days and days would go by when I wouldn't hear from Jimmy Wales. And I would I would like ask him questions just to get his input really, on, on important things. I, I wanted to have his, his input. Sometimes he would give it and sometimes he wouldn't. But for the most part, he just left it up to me. 
this must have been an incredibly exciting time for you because you were effectively just spitballing and, you know, had a, had a good notion. And then it, it really captured people's imagination. It must have been so exciting for you. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty exciting. It was, um, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun in the beginning. And you're right. I, I think uh, spitballing is a good description of what we were doing. I think that's right. I, nobody had uh, a, a really good notion. We had ambitions, of course. You never deny that you have ambitions if you've had them. But did we really think it was going to happen? Well, I don't know. Now, this is a totally different story to what the Internet's told me. If Larry's right, Wikipedia was his idea, not Jimmy's. It's not like that super obvious just by flicking through the web. We email Jimmy to ask what's going on, and this is what he says. Quote, The idea of using a wiki was first proposed to me by Jeremy Rosenfeld in December 2000. Whatever Larry may say today, he wrote in 2005, to be clear, the idea of an open-source collaborative encyclopedia open to contribution by ordinary people was entirely Jimmy's, not mine. See this article here. End quote. And then he's linked me to an article in the magazine Slashdot where that quote's from. We've emailed Jeremy Rosenfeld to confirm this, but haven't had a response. So what's Larry doing now saying the whole thing was his idea? His Wikipedia page says he came up with the name, and that doesn't seem that controversial, but the idea? This is what happened next. Did you like the job? At first, I liked the job, for sure. Um, But toward the end of 2001, I started getting more and more frustrated with um, how things were proceeding. There was this um, a group of people, and I really don't know where they, they came from. Who knows precisely where, where the trolls of the world come from? But they descended and um, started making life difficult for, for really everyone, not just me, um, by doing things like writing articles that merely stated their opinion. Occasionally, people would come to the front page and vandalize it in all kinds of ways. At first, we didn't want to kick anybody out of the project, and we didn't. It wasn't like today, right? So we were extremely open and welcoming, not like today. But what that meant was there were some bad actors who abused the the privileged. And then there were some anarchists, essentially, who saw an opportunity to essentially wrest control of the project, which essentially they did. Larry goes off on a bit of a tangent here about bad actors and anarchists, and it's kind of hard to follow. So I'm going to sum it up. Basically, he says there are bad actors, trolls, who write balderdash on the site just to mess with people, stuff that's wrong or ridiculously opinionated. Then there are anarchists who worked with the bad actors to get their stuff up on the Wikipedia homepage. Sabotage, basically. And Larry says that made him, and to a lesser extent Jimmy Wales, look bad. How did your time at Wikipedia come to a close? Basically, uh, I got married um, at the end of uh, 2001, and most of the, uh, the people of the company came to my wedding. That was nice. 
Um, and then uh, a few days later, after my um, honeymoon, uh, I got a call from one of the partners of Bombas, not Jimmy, but uh, Tim Shell. And uh, Tim said, well, you know about the ad market, and I've been telling you all year long, it's just been going down the hill, and we've lost this big contract, and, and so we've had to lay off uh, everybody except you. Um, you're the, like the last of the new hires, and we're going to have to lay you off. And I said, okay, well, I was disappointed. Jimmy said, we'll try to sell ads to pay for your position. When he announced that, basically the Spanish Wikipedia forked, which is to say they made a copy of all the content on the then under development Spanish Wikipedia, Spanish language Wikipedia. And um, they started their own wiki. Did they do that out of protest because you were leaving? No, because of the ads. They didn't like the idea that we would pay for my position with ads. So basically, my salary was halved, and then um, uh, I think they said that I, I was going to, my last paycheck would be February of 2002. And so I, I quit because I didn't want to devalue the, my professional labor, and I needed to, uh, to get a job. I check what Larry's saying, and it seems to be true about Bama's pulling its funding and the Spanish fork. I want to double-check, though. We email Jimmy again, and this is where it gets juicy. Quote, Larry insisted that I either put ads on Wikipedia or he would leave. I have always been clear that I did not want to have ads in Wikipedia and also that it was very unclear in the early days whether a donation model would work. After Larry left, I pursued my dream of an ad-free Wikipedia, and it has succeeded. End quote. Okay, so this is a total U-turn. Larry says the ads were Jimmy's idea, and Jimmy's saying the opposite. Weird. Memory is a curious thing. It can slip and morph over time. But if Jimmy's right and he really didn't want ads... That seems like a kind of important detail for Larry to twist. So it's 2002, a year after Larry says he's come up with the idea of Wikipedia, and he's quit. And then it gets worse. In December of 2002, uh, January 2003, I'm not really sure, I had this email conversation with Jimmy Wales, and we were talking about this. And at the end of it, I, I made an ultimatum. I said... There are two things that need to change on Wikipedia. And the problems were all of those bad actors who were driving off the good people. There's those anarchists and bad actors again. And if you don't show some sign that you're going to start working on them, I'm going to just wash my hands of this project completely. And, you know, if you don't do it, let me and support me. And he basically said, I don't see that there's a problem. So Larry's worried, but he says Jimmy didn't care. All he really cared about, as far as I could tell, was that it was growing and growing very quickly. And it was improving. And it was. It was growing really fast. And it was improving. Jimmy's reply to this is, quote, 
Larry has been a critic of the project for a very long time, and his predictions about bad actors have been proven to be mistaken again and again. To this day, Wikipedia enjoys a reputation for quality that improves year after year, end quote. So, Larry left. He turned his back on the project he helped birth. Except he hasn't turned his back on it. He's still very interested. But now, he's on the other side of the fence. Nobody should trust Wikipedia, says man who invented it. Wikipedia co-founder says site is full of propaganda. Wikipedia is not a reliable source of truth, says Larry Sanger. There's something fishy going on. What question would you ask Jimmy Wales about Wikipedia today? Uh, golly, I don't know. I don't really care about what he says. It sounds like Larry's got a chip on his shoulder about something. And I wouldn't trust the answers that he offered. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's true. And I think I know what it is. He says what people want to, uh, want him to, to uh, uh, whatever he, th he thinks is... I, I won't get into, uh, into details. Strike that. This question of who's the founder. I resent the fact that he has lied. And anybody in my position also would resent the fact. What's he lied about? Well, for example, he, he implied over and over again, and even stated once or twice that I'm not a co-founder of Wikipedia. Well, the reason for that is that I had started criticizing Wikipedia. So he was trying to airbrush me out of history. Is he jealous of Jimmy? Jimmy's been super friendly. He seems modest. Plus, and this has got to count for something, he's loved by everyone I've spoken to in the community for what he's created. So is that the problem? Does Jimmy have the legacy Larry wants? This isn't just professional criticism. It's personal. Talk to me, Jimmy, about Larry Sanger's role in Wikipedia at the beginning. Larry was uh, hired as editor-in-chief of the Newpedia project. Uh, he maintained that title through the early birth of Wikipedia, but it became pretty well apparent very early on that editor-in-chief isn't really a role that makes sense in a wiki community. Um, so, yeah, that, that's kind of uh, where, where he was and uh, what he did. He was very involved in the early days, and I think he doesn't get enough credit really for his early influence uh, in the project on a lot of questions about, you know, ideas around quality and neutrality and things like that. Would you consider him one of the founders of Wikipedia? I don't, <laughs> Next question. His representation is that you gave him his marching orders and uh, that he was the one who sort of colored in the picture. Yeah, okay. I, I th this is an area that I find very unpleasant, and I find it annoying when journalists want to create and and spark a controversy that I'm not willing to engage in. I think Larry is a fantastic human being. I think he did a great job. That's that's it. How do you define founder, right? So I think Jimmy kind of puts more of the emphasis on the money and the control. This is Andrew Lee. He wrote the book, The Wikipedia Revolution, How a Bunch of Nobodies Created the World's Greatest Encyclopedia. 
there's no doubt Jimmy had the money in the control, right? He's the one who funded Larry. He's the one who funded all the resources to get Wikipedia started. He's the one who had the idea for Encyclopedia and hired Jimmy to be the first editor-in-chief of the failed Newpedia. Andrew means Larry here. Jimmy's the one who hired Larry. He keeps mixing up their names, which is kind of funny. I guess they do sound similar. So there's no doubt that Jimmy um, could claim as the founder in terms of ideological, who tipped the first domino, whatever, right? I'm talking to Andrew to help me out with this whole question of who's the founder, and also to help me figure out this Larry guy. Is he actually in the right here, or is he just letting bitterness run away with him? Now, in terms of Wikipedia per se, that's where the stories diverge. And I think to settle the founder or co-founder, I think most people now accept that it's co-founders like for different reasons, right? Larry will always have, for a certain slice of our community, including myself, gratitude for the fact that he was instrumental in the first six to nine months of that project. You know, he was like a paid employee for the first year of Wikipedia. And after the first year, Jimmy just saw things and said, you know, our community is doing most of it. We don't actually don't need a paid employee anymore. But the things that we kind of hold dear now as core policies, he was instrumental in ushering along. You know, we're, we're, we're definitely, we definitely owe him for, for that. But the funny thing is that um, he really has been active in the community for over a decade. So some of his knowledge about what goes on in the community now is kind of stale and doesn't really necessarily hit home. So what do I think about all this? Am I just creating drama where there isn't any? Is this whole Larry Jimmy thing even important? Or is there a possibility that Larry's role has been diminished because he's got unpopular opinions that are, as Dominic says, toxic? If Larry's listening to this, I guess he'd say the stuff that Dominic said about his Twitter page, the burly trans comment and the vaccine hesitancy stuff, isn't relevant. We're talking about Wikipedia, aren't we? But maybe it kind of is. I'm just trying to get a picture of Jimmy and Larry, the two co-founders. On the one hand, we've got Larry, who was obviously one of the main people in kickstarting this thing. And even Jimmy says Larry's role is being downplayed. Larry's pissed off, and that seems fair. But on the other hand, what's with the lies? Why did Larry say Wikipedia was his idea? And why did he say that thing about Jimmy wanting the ads when Jimmy says he didn't? I don't really know. Plus, I feel a little bad. Larry was super polite during our conversation, and if anything, kind of, I don't know, boring or just meek, mild-mannered. He even asked me as we said goodbye to make it fair. Try to make it fair. But I can't stop thinking about this one thing Dominic said. We deal with this in online communities generally and in Wikipedia for sure all the time, which is that it's way harder to police civility issues when it's like somebody who never makes a direct personal attack um, and they're perfectly friendly, <laughs> but still contributes negatively to the community. So it's like there's a difference between the views you might hold and your demeanor. Even if Larry's intention is right, the effect he's having on social media can't be. Maybe the Wikipedia community's just saying, you know what, enough's enough. Thank you for what you did, but we don't want to be associated with you anymore. But that's only half the story. 
you'll be hearing from Larry again. Next time on .com, the Wikipedia story. We know that there are a lot of problems in Wikipedia. 90% of Wikipedians are men. For all of history, we've really just written about one pretty homogeneous group of people. So we're asking, who's writing history? And does it even matter? Rather than trying to write about the history of the entire world, and I just don't think that's a good situation to be in. Dotcom is presented by me, Katie Puckrick, and produced by Anna Stauffenberg. It's edited by Charlie Frost. By the way, if you're still wondering about that first ever article, it's not exactly an easy question because loads of the data has been lost. Jimmy said that it was the letter Q. That article still exists, and actually, it was created at 8.36 p.m. on the 19th of October, 2001, nine months into the project, so it can't have been the first one. That was actually probably the home page, which makes sense. Anyway, there's a competition to guess the last ever article that'll be written, and the suggestions are pretty funny. Uh, classically nerdy. Let me read you some. The last ever episode of The Simpsons. Why the zombies won. Your new insect overlords and how to welcome them. Destruction of the internet. And then, goodbye world. Ha. Huh? If you want another crowd podcast to listen to, I recommend a fantastic one called Death of a Film Star. These are the stars we lost too soon. Heath Ledger, Marilyn Monroe, Chadwick Boseman, Judy Garland. They spent their lives telling other people's stories. Now it's our turn to tell theirs. Search for Death of a Film Star and subscribe now. See you next week. Thanks for listening. Crowd Network. A place where you belong. <laughs> Don't laugh at me whistling in a jaunty fashion. I wish I could whistle as well. Hello, my friend Tom and I... Hi guys, I'm Tom. Yeah, he's Tom. ...have this amazing history podcast. It's called We Didn't Start the Fire, and it's the only podcast started by Billy Joel. And Katie, without being boastful, it really is the most original, fascinating, and random way to learn the story of the 20th century. I think that's being boastful. We go from Maryland to the Mafia, from the Beatles to bombs. Yeah, it's politics, rock and roll, sport, television, the space race, and we're joined by some pretty incredible guests. I only wrote stuff that I wanted to hear. If it turned out to be a hit, it was pure dumb luck. With me, Katie Puckridge. And me, Tom Fornice. This is We Didn't Start the Fire, the only podcast started by me, Billy Joel. Search for We Didn't Start the Fire and subscribe now.